This week on the Business of Lifting Weights, we discuss the transition from working in the gym all the time to working on the business and growing your gym past this critical turning point. guys this is dave thomas and this is brian Pritz, and we are back with episode 17 yeah yeah nice. 17 on the business of lifting weights <laughs> uh we're also joined once again by julianne russell our head coach at performance 360 hey guys every time you say hey it sounds so depressing oh hey yeah <laughs> Hi. Like, hey guys force her on to come on to this all the time so <laughs> um yeah if you're watching this i apologize for the just Disgusting hideousness of foot. her foot <laughs> uh she has a broken is it a leg or a foot? Technically, it's a broken leg. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh. Broken leg. Uh -huh. um, <laughs> so, yeah, we got some good stuff today. We're going to talk about uh, the transition, um, kind of making the jump from you've got a certain amount of members at your gym, and all of a sudden you're getting a little bit busier, and now you have to transition your specific role as the gym owner away from coaching all the time and being in the gym open to close and kind of working on your business as opposed to in your business. Right. Um, something that was a very kind of long transition for ourselves and something that we struggled with initially that I think everybody struggles doing. Um, so we'll talk about that, kind of what we went through, some things to think about if you're going through that, um, you know, some lessons that we learned and um, just kind of share our experience with it. Yeah, the cool thing about this topic too is the application to any business. Um, you know, any small local business, I think specifically, you, you look at every business around town and it's opened by typically one or a group of people. Um, and their whole goal is to build that business up to where they can step away from the day to day. Um, and so whether that's a gym or whether that's a, you know, local clothing store or restaurant, I think kind of a lot of the same rules apply, um, to no matter what business you're doing. So. Yeah, definitely. And I know we have a lot of listeners who aren't gym owners as well who own like local businesses here in San Diego. I um, mean, they talk about kind of the transferability and that all the time. Right. Um, it'll be cool for to have Julianne on because she's going to, you know, be able to, con to contribute from somebody who was put into a higher position once we continue to transition away from coaching, but also was a member mm -hmm. while we were going through that transition as well. So, yep. yep. Both sides of the coin. Yeah. <laughs> she's probably going to talk a lot of shit about us today. <laughs> <laughs> nah, not till I leave. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... Kind of just setting like the table with it is, I think, a familiar thing or a familiar scene that a lot of gyms can relate to um, is, like we mentioned, you're coaching all the time. You're in the gym, open to close. I know for the first, I want to say, two and a half years, that yep. was our role. Two and a half had, years, yep. Yeah, when we had one location for the first year, year and a half, we coached all the classes. Um, and aside from just going to get lunch, going to get coffee, you know, you're literally there every single minute of the day. Um, and there gets to be, you know, there's, we talked a little bit off air before this, it's almost easy to run your business that way right? because you're the one dealing with everything. You're mm -hmm. coaching that person and then that person is going to turn around to you and make a membership request. So it's like, there's, there's a level of synergy across everything right. that creates, you know, to be quite honest with you, probably the strongest point of your community. Yep. There's less people, there's less to take care of on a day-to-day -day basis. Kind of right when you launch, um, just by sheer numbers, you know, you have your hands on absolutely everything. Everything. Um, so it's, 
it's it's just easy to do it because you're you're in control of everything and it's going to go exactly how you want it to go. Mm -hmm. So getting to like, you know, I want to say like the 200 member mark, I consider a relatively easy task. Yes. And, you know, from that point, um, you know, that's when stuff starts to get a little bit different. But, um, you know, it's like you're in the gym every day and we open on the computer doing things for memberships, things on that, things along those lines. Like members would like walk up to the desk and yeah. like make those requests. Yeah. Um, and it's obviously much different now, but yeah, I remember we had some, I saw some pictures of when we first opened and it's like, you're coaching and I'm in the background at the computer, like, you know, doing the yeah. web stuff. Um, and it, it's, it's funny to see how far we've gone, um, from when we started, like you're saying, I mean, we'd be there from what, five thirty in the morning till eight thirty at night, mm -hmm. every single day. Um, we had to set up a basketball hoop in the gym to become our brainstorming <laughs> session yeah. where we'd play horse again or not horse, but you couldn't knock shoot it out too high or you'd blow out the halogen lamp. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like you're there all day, every single day. So you have like an exact, you, you have your hand on the trigger and like the, the pulse of the business is like directly related to you and a part of you. Yeah. I know that was like an inside joke amongst members, that whole scene you just described. People would come in like like clockwork. Pritz would be on the computer doing work. Like I'd be coaching at the whiteboard. Like every single day there's that familiarity. Yep. And that's just a very, um, that's just a microcosm of that culture and that experience. But people get very reliant on their experiences at the gyms. <laughs> Hopefully people can hear that <laughs> seal. That's the best part about filming here is like, <laughs> we're probably the only podcast that gets interrupted <laughs> by a fucking seal. Yeah, we're, if you, we're, 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 we're rolling on this, by the way. We're yeah. not going to cut this out. No, yeah, if you can't hear that, there's a seal outside our window in the bay just yapping like yeah. crazy. Being we're very loud right out yeah. of nowhere. <laughs> Probably knows we're recording. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> what the hell was I talking about? I oh, yeah. So I was just talking time. about people get, you know, they get reliant on their experience. They want it to be consistent, and I get that 100%. So you start to mess with that, and, like, all of a sudden they come in, and somebody else is coaching, mm -hmm. and wait a minute, like, where's the person behind the front desk that I knew every single day? Like they're not here anymore. Now I have to interact with this, this coach that I don't know quite so well. And I don't really trust. Yeah. So it starts to kind of, I don't want to say throw off the vibe. It just present, it just presents different challenges. Right. Um, so I know for us, like when did you join Julianne? 2013, exactly three years ago. Almost yeah. To the T. So that was when we had, that was one year before we went to two locations. Yep. Yep. And you guys coached almost every single class that I took. Yeah. Partially, uh, you know, also, honestly, from a member perspective, there there was two other coaches, I think, really kind of coaching the, the, the classes you guys didn't coach. And for me, coming in at the beginning, I was like, yeah, but they're the owners. I'm going to take their classes right, like, right. all the time. And I think a lot of people get kind of hung up and stuck on that idea for as sure. well. For yeah. sure. It's just funny now, like, not to jump ahead, mm -hmm. but – if you do this right, that comes full circle. Right. And we're in a position now where we're kind of like on-demand coaches. Like we fill in the holes that are needed. Mm -hmm. But now one thing that I notice is like I, I go from when I we opened and I knew everybody extremely right. well. And now you have to come back around and kind of fill in and coach. And it's the total opposite. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's almost like I don't I don't know this, this person. Yeah. Like and, you know. I feel we've done a pretty good job of transitioning ourselves yeah. out of the picture so that when we have to come back in, it's like, I don't want to say awkward, right. but <laughs> it's to the point where now it's like, I want to take head coach Julianne's classes. Yeah. 
Um, and that's all part of the transition that we'll go to. When members say, I'm sorry, who are you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just the owner. Yeah. Uh, I'll fuck myself. But that's all right. <laughs> that's how you want it, though. Like, you yeah. want to be transitioning yourself out of that picture. Right. Totally. Um, so, yeah. And it's like, you know, you talked about that. And that was the biggest challenge that we went through was, you know, but wait, like, you guys know more than this right. person. And it's like, that may or may not be true. Um, however, this person knows a lot. Right. Um, I'm learning something from them as well. But, you know, just get comfortable with them because you're going to get the exact same workout. Exactly. But that's not why people come to this gym. It's not why, co why come people come to listeners' gyms. You know, they want the experience. Right. They want the culture. They want the relationships. So there's that awkward phase of allowing those relationships with the new coaches to develop um, as you're kind of migrating into a different role. And if you've built the right community and the people trust you as an owner, the people that you bring on, they're going to trust them as well. So I think that's a very important part. I think Nicole last, epi uh, last episode mentioned that too. Mm -hmm. um, if you build that trust with people, then they know that when you do bring coaches or other people to come on board to help, that you know, you're bringing on right. the right people, the people that care, um, so that that transition is much easier um, to adopting that new coach kind of into the community. So yeah, I, I think agree. that's a big part of it. Yeah. I know one of the questions that I asked her was, you know, were you really looking for people who bought into your culture and not just CrossFit's culture, but your specific culture at your gym? And it's because, you know, that aspect of it is so important to us. Right. Um, it's why we are absolutely huge on hiring from within, mm -hmm. taking members and, uh, training them in to be coaches. And that way, when you have that transition, it's a familiar face. Um, so members come in, and it's it's they're almost excited to take this person's class. Like right. Now with Viv and Dusty and Kyle coaching, all the people in the gym who liked working out with them are now like very excited to take yep. their class. It's not something that's seen as who the hell is this is this person right. Right. and what are they doing here and why should I listen to this person? And yeah. we've built such a culture of loyalty that people that automatically you know when you hire from within the way that we do and train from within the way we do you are 100 percent guaranteed loyalty from your employees and the members know it too because we're really into what we do <laughs> yeah. so and like everybody here is really into what they do so um it just continues to perpetuate exactly what you want from stepping back yourselves as owners and letting us kind of do things so yeah, um, and I, th I think it's just it, like putting emphasis on people as opposed to knowledge and skill sets, I think, is just such an important aspect of that transition. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's not listeners shouldn't take that, that this person doesn't know what they're doing because it's a given that if you hire someone, they're going to have knowledge. So let's right. just get that out of the way. But what people want to see from your staff and your experience is they want that culture to continue flawlessly. Right. And so if you're not bringing in people that are on board with that culture, you're going to experience massively bumpy roads when you're transitioning to sustain that growth and to take yourself into more productive roles. So that's like the most crucial element mm -hmm. um, that I think we can agree on. People, people need to be focused on as they're making that jump. Mm -hmm. And if you're going through this transition, you know, plan ahead and start to, figure out who you're going to hire and who you're going to bring on board before you need to. Absolutely. Um, because if you get into a situation where you're like, crap, all of a sudden I need help. I'm going to hire the first person 
that's interested or the you know somebody that might not be ready um, whereas if you're kind of creating a plan for this then you can nurture the people that are interested get them the proper training make sure that they're fully developed and ready to go so once they hit that schedule they're just it's nice and smooth mm-hmm. um, and that way you're not just kind of scrambling and making stupid decisions yeah and I think you know this isn't a whole episode on hiring coaches but I think that chances are gym owners have a lot more members in their community that are interested in coaching than they might think. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, most most people are not very vocal about it. Mm-hmm. I know of our hires, we have approached the majority of them. Yep. And as soon as we've asked them, it's just been like, yes, like, yep. absolutely. Um, and I think most people have a feel and an instinct on who would be interested in it and who wouldn't. And um, who would be good at it. There's It takes a certain personality to do that well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I would just really recommend tapping into the people that are already, you know, member coaches as is and put them into an official role and, and let them kind of run with it. Yeah. I had never said anything to you about wanting to coach and you sent me an email one day asking me and I probably jumped up and down for like 10 minutes <laughs> before I hit reply. Cause I was so excited that you saw it on your own. Um, but yeah, that was actually even, even cooler than me having approached you about it because it instilled a level of confidence in myself that I probably wouldn't have had otherwise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. a good point. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, they think I yeah. could be good at this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's a great point. So, like, right off the bat, you probably have are getting that person going mm-hmm. in a position that yep. they feel like they're going to succeed in. Totally. Yeah, I, I know one thing that I see a lot from business owners or, you know, people starting their own thing, whatever it is, is that kind of end goal is always to be – like I'm going to build this business to a point where I have all this free time and <laughs> that's my goal is I want to, yeah, I, w- I want to build this business so that I can step out and go on vacation, you know, 350 days a year or whatever. Um, and that's such a misconception because yes, once you make this transition and you are able to step away from that business a little bit, that doesn't mean that your job stops. It just means that your role shifts a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one thing that I see on social media all the time is like, oh, do this so that you have the free time to do whatever you want. It's oh, like, yeah. 26-year-old college dropout starts in his garage and right. works four hours a week. Right. <laughs> yeah, there's just such a nonsense perpetuation of what it's like to start and own a business Yeah. Um, that – I think most people who own a gym are likely into the hustle aspect of it, but this whole process of transitioning, you're right, has nothing to do with opening up free time. Mm-hmm. It just creates a vacuum of time that is immediately filled by something else, right. by something far more important than your coaching members. Right. And that's not to diminish that role whatsoever. It's just specifically to talk about what are you best suited for at this point in time with the gym. Right. You've hired coaches that are, are going to or already doing an amazing job. So you don't need yet another replication of that. Your position can't be replicated. Mm-hmm. So you have to then be taking care of the things that nobody else is paid to do, can do, or wants to do. Right. Yeah. Um, and so that that's that's where you need to see yourself. And we've mentioned it before on episodes how it's not about you. I think some people get addicted to the the relationship aspect of it, which I 100% can relate to. Like it sucks stepping away and like not having that dynamic with people that you used to have. But it's just a reality of evolution and growth as a business um, and something that just has to be has to be done. Yeah. Um, so you, you imagine what are some of those things that 
you step into after you step out of the day-to-day business of coaching every class and being there 24 hours a day? What are some of the stuff that, what are the things that you transition into now? Well, I think, you know, you talked about it before as we were kind of preparing the outline for this and it's just like knowing your business, right? Um, knowing the numbers of everything, being able to step back and look at conversion rates, look at genders, um, what percentage makes up male and female, what percentage of females join versus males join, what right. class pr- produces the highest conversion rate. And I think really just giving you a sense of what's actually going on in your business that you don't quite take a deep look at when you're in the thick of things quite so much. Right. And, I, you know, a couple of those um, those tracking items that you just mentioned, we learned a lot once we were able to look at some of that stuff. Um, Julianne's a really good example. She had a good conversion rate of incoming clients, but we found that there was something that she could get better at. Um, and it went from, you know, whatever it was, close to 55 yeah. or 60% to I think like 90% mm-hmm. over the last month. Um, and that was all because we were tracking all these numbers. We were tracking um, every single coach, what their average conversion rate was, and then, you know, took all those numbers and looked at different people, what they were good at, and say, how can we um, improve every single person's numbers? Um, and for Julianne, there was a very specific thing that she just got better at, um, and it just skyrocketed her numbers. So had we not been in the business looking at all this stuff, we never would have known that. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, had she kept the same conversion rate, you know, that's another, uh, what, seven people this month that yeah. we would have not had. Right. Um, yeah. So that is a major difference in your business right and that's there. your role as the uh, as the owners like be in charge of every aspect of the business and a lot of people forget that that's the actual business right, right. like are you making money right like, are you able to open doors are you able to put everything in a position to succeed and be successful long term right and when you're in the mix of things so much on the day-to-day basis it's very difficult to think about the long-term stuff and think about your longevity as a gym because you're just trying to deal with what that particular day throws at you. Right. Um, And so the numbers are just one obvious example of why it's so beneficial to free up your time for that stuff. And when you're a coach and somebody comes to you, I mean, your boss comes to you and says, these are your actual percentages and numbers, then you can't just go, "Ah, I don't know, that seems a little wishy-washy to me. I feel like (laughs) I signed up more people. It's like, no, this is literally, because we look at it, what you did. Literally, you want to see the names. Yeah, Yeah. and, and when you hear that, you're like, oh, I'm not as good as I thought I was, and somebody's tracking this for me and then giving me the tools I need to get better. Yeah. Um, which can't be done if you're coaching the other 10 classes a day. <laughs> yep. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I think like it's, you know, it kind of works hand in hand of setting yourself up to have the right people because none of this happens if you don't like put people in the position to, you know, take some responsibilities right. off of your plate that you can't be doing. Um, you know, one of the things that like for me personally, I try to be very aware of and like with your transition to head coach mm-hmm. now is like I don't want to put someone in a position to where their title says something and they don't really do anything. Right. Right. Um, and, you know, we're, we're kind of building that role right. a- as it goes. But the main thing is like when you step away, like step away from certain things and mm-hmm. focus on what you should be focusing on. Um, and that that's only doable if you have people that like you trust and you have people in place, um, who can, who can do the right things. And it requires a lot of training. Um, you know, I, I, that's, it's always something that, 
you know, I know that when we first kind of transitioned away from, um, it's just you want to kind of be delicate with it. You you want you have to make sure that you're training people to do the the processes correctly, but you you don't want to micromanage. So it's like a very delicate it's a very delicate balance um, that can be difficult at times, but one that um, you just kind of have to you kind of have to deal with, and you kind of have to just see how your management style is, um, and ultimately find like your your kind of your best methods for things. But the, the main, most important thing is there has to be some type of training. You can't just assume that people are going to do things the way that you want them to be done. Right. Um, and I know that, like, I've run into issues with that, too. And that was a large part of, like, growing pains for me was, you know, I wanted to not micromanage. So I just, like, assumed people would do certain things and yeah. know how to do them. And then when they, they weren't doing them, I was like, why aren't you doing this? Yeah. And I realized that's actually on me. Like you were never explicit in saying like, this is how you want them done. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think people in my personal opinion, ultimately want, they want to know what they should do. Like mm -hmm. they want to be told to do certain things. People, I think we want to be told to do certain things, but we want to have the autonomy to kind of run our own ship and how we do them. Yeah. Right to get the result that you're seeking, but not necessarily like piece by piece the way that one person would do it. Yeah. yeah. And you threw out a word processes. And I think that's a big buzzword in the business world because everybody always wants to create all these, you know, processes that skip the human involvement hmm. and everything is just done automatically. And like, that's great. Like you should always have, processes and you know things that happen automatically but you still do need a little bit of that human touch in training people the right way um, in order to have them function properly and you know continue to to have the business work congruently basically mm -hmm. um, and that doesn't mean that you don't have a lot of automated processes I think that's one thing that we've gotten a lot better at is creating like automation through a lot of things because as we were able to step away from the day-to-day -day stuff and start working on the business then we were able to create all these different things that do work automatically that free up some of our time so that we can focus on the bigger picture mm -hmm. stuff yeah, yeah absolutely um, so I think that's like a very big point but also you mentioned before finding that balance like you don't want everything just to operate in this weird um you know analytical way where there's no human involvement like you still need to have your hand on that or have somebody right. like julianne who is now that front person um in training the coaches or, or whatever that is yeah mm -hmm. especially when your business like ours is is human connection and dealing with humans exactly. you definitely have to keep that a part of what you do um, but with you guys stepping back and kind of giving me a bigger, not kind of, but giving me a bigger role and whatnot, what's been interesting is um, just kind of seeing how the membership responds to it. Um, for myself, it was like, I wonder how people are going to take this. Like, are they going to be upset that it's not like Dave is head coach anymore? Or like, you know, even though it wasn't really a, a, distant a, a title. <laughs> um but, you know, the, the members, just like anything else, they want to see the business grow as well. They want to see you guys, you know, doing what, what you can do to help 
help the business grow and they want to see me grow in my role and they you know they want to see us working more together and cohesively than like step ladders of all that stuff too mm-hmm. so it's been um it's been a really interesting experience to watch it happen too especially since i feel like over the last year it's been kind of like we needed you guys had to coach a lot more at certain times coaches leaving and then you'd be able to back off and then another coach left and you had to be there all the time it was kind of like how are members gonna react to this wait they're here all the time again right. oh wait no they went away again oh wait they're here you know what i mean and and i think what it actually did was kind of level the playing field of the coaches like the members see us all much more as equals rather than like, well, Dave's the owner and he programs everything. So I want to make sure I go to all of his, you know what I mean? It became much more just like cohesive as a team and people working together in a, in a streamlined way and that we're all giving the same information, but allowed to just kind of be ourselves as coaches at the same time too. um, Without it just being like one person all the time Mm -hmm. taking the reins. I think a lot of that too is communication. If you have, Um, a proper way of communicating with your members. For us, we do a lot on social media. We have, you know, our email list that goes out to just our members, mm-hmm. um, you know, in addition to other e- email lists. But, um, you know, if you let people in on what's going on, if you make mm-hmm. them a part of what you're doing, then they're going to know exactly what's going on as well. It's not like they're just going to show up and be like, oh, Dave and Pritz aren't here all of a sudden. Yeah. Um, who's this new person in the yeah. room? I don't know who this coach is. Who's this new idiot. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, you mentioned that you had a friend um, at some gym that, you know, he he went to the gym and he didn't even know the coaches. Yeah. You know, he'd show like, up. I don't know who this is. Yeah, there'd be a coach there that he had never had, he never had heard of, and it's just like – but that was kind of the way it was. Yeah. And I, I think that's a terrible way to do it. Um, but constantly having that – communication with your members and letting them be a part of what you're doing I think that creates um, you know buy-in and ownership of everything that's going on here yeah and I think you said like the perfect word for it is transparency and that's something that you know we have always tried to be very very proactive in and it's something that I believe in wholeheartedly Mm -hmm. and my personal opinion on it is be transparent, tell people exactly what's going on. Don't tell them what they want to hear. Right. Yeah. And sometimes that's going to be perceived in a different way. Sometimes it's going to be perceived as like blunt or insensitive or whatever it is. You know, I kind of <laughs> stopped worrying about how each person would interpret it. If I just give you the facts and what's going on with the gym, then you'll always know what's going on. And that's all I really care about. Right. Yeah. So, you know, in any type of situation, you know, if you're stepping away and you're in that role, like, listen, I don't have enough hours in the day now. Like, I I work 16 hours, like don't throw that in anybody's face, but it's like if I've had difficult conversations like that where people were like, well, you know, why aren't you in here in the day? I'm right. like, listen, my day starts three hours before yours and it ends about five hours afterwards. Yep. And I don't have time to do all these things to keep these doors open and the, the gym running the way that you're used to having it running. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's a matter of just pure like math on what you can do. Yeah. And, you know, I think if you just tell people like, listen, like we don't have time to be doing this anymore. We, we've worked very hard on establishing coaches who we feel are amazing at what they do and are going to continue to thrive in the culture that everybody here has contributed in creating. Then I, I think people are much more likely to be like, OK, like I can understand that. Yep. Like, I, I get I get that. Um, it's not like you're ditching people and you're going to live on this island with all this money <laughs> that doesn't exist and that you don't have. It's just you are now in a position where you have to do other things 
to help the business, which in turn helps the members. Yeah. And people appreciate honesty and transparency. Transparent. What is that? Transparency. Wow. (laughs) My brain just like, that was weird. (laughs) Um, Anyway. My, I think my brain's on a different level today. As I was talking about processes and automation, I was imagining like robots running the gym. <laughs> Get to the point where robots are running the gym. <laughs> Please don't ever do that. That's, that's what happens life. when you go out for a few drinks nowadays. At, like at age. Before the podcast? Just or? a couple <laughs> casual. Last night. A couple casual dinner mimosas. Yeah, a couple cash. <laughs> um, Transparency. You were talking yeah, about yeah. transparency. Yeah, yeah. So I think people appreciate that. And whether it's not like the perfect answer for them or exactly what they want to hear, exactly what they want, they do appreciate the honesty and they can get behind that. So, um, I, yeah, I just, I think you can drive yourself insane, like trying to think about the best way to say something, the best, you know, strategy of communication, or you can just say what it is yeah. right. and what's going on. Which most people are going to appreciate yeah. way more anyway. And just let people react how different humans react. Right. Like, that's out of your control. You can control the information that you give them and then just let it land how it lands. But right. so long as like you're doing the right things, like we've all talked about putting the right people in place. Um, like that was huge for us is like when we were stepping away, like really analyzing the staff and making sure that we had the right people in place. Like we went through some, you know, unfortunate stuff with, with, with the staff and some changes that we had to make, um, which I think, you know, it just happens, but you know, that's going to be a level of difficulty that occurs. There might be some things that you have to change or you might have to be more strict about certain things since like you're not around as much and you have to, you know, really drill those processes into people and maybe be a bit annoying about it. But you know, you need to know that the people are going to do kind of what, what's expected um, and what you want to be done in the gym because it's kind of like a two-part thing. I think the culture takes over and people do it because they're part of the culture and they're used to it. But there's also just little monotonous, you know, responsibilities as like a coach or part of the staff that people have to do with like how you enter signups and and all that stuff and how you are tracking, you know, um, people who hit clubs or people who hit, you know, records or just any stuff like that to like, Hey, lower the fucking handle on the rower, (laughs) like all that stuff. It just like, that's the kind of stuff that I like, I hate doing. Right. I, I enjoy it sucks. Least part about my job, but it's just the training that you kind of have to go through and, you know, drill it and drill it into the, into people's minds and things to remember and whatnot. And yeah. You get to a point, I think too, where, um, from my perspective, as we have with how many coaches do we have now? I don't 11. Even know. 11. 11, 11 coaches. Um, it, you know, you guys do not need to be having tiny, monotonous, stupid conversations with each coach over things that, you now have a head coach. Yeah, well I, now you can do that. Yeah, but that's <laughs> the, but totally the point, right? It's the the in between where <clears throat> the ten other coaches know that they can come to me if they need things, and you guys are bu- you guys are busy all the time. I get e- just so everyone knows, I get emails from Pritz at two a.m. because he's still up working. So it's like it's not like he's trying to skirt out of coaching six a.m. He's still working seventy hours a day, but um. You know, (laughs) but you guys, (laughs) it's like they know that they can they can talk to me about the small things that they don't need to be texting you about and and vice versa when I see things coming up or Dave and Pritz can just say to me like, hey, can you handle this? So I don't it can just be off Mm -hmm. my shoulders. It's just so much easier and allows you guys again to have that, you know, vacuum of time that just opens up for more important things. (laughs) Um, Well, Julian, if you can remember, like talk a little bit about as a coach. Um, like kind of when we, I feel like it was when we opened the second gym 
and we had obviously a lot going on. Like if you can talk about, if you remember at all, just how that transition was when we started having like the regular breakfast clubs and, you know, we started like really focusing on like processes and here's how to, here's how to have trials and, and all that stuff. Just kind of how it went, like if, how it helped you, like if anything was annoying and just how like the net results kind of impacted the gym. Yeah. From, I, you know, t perfectly honest with you, I don't remember a lot of the finer points. Um, but what it, things I do remember, I specifically work better with structure. Um, so as that started to really develop with like, okay, now we have two locations. This is exactly what everybody needs to be doing and on the same page for little things from opening and closing to tracking members, leaderboards, stuff like that. It was like, okay, now there is just a straight up list of things that I need to know. Like every time I coach, these are the things I need to do. And it made my job easier. It made, uh, I didn't have to wonder, am I doing, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Am I where I'm supposed to be or anything like that? You started to um, really just give us like, look, this is what we expect from everybody. This is what we want to see. Please don't make me come to you and tell you to take the trash out again. Like stuff like that. I where, hate doing that. Yeah, but it really, it, it honestly, it makes your job easier when you're, uh, you know, when you're a coach or whenever you're at like that level in whatever business it might be. Um, you guys knew where you needed to be directing your time. Um, and so you made it more cohesive for us of how to spend our time when we're here outside of the actual physical coaching. Um, and in my opinion, it made it just so much better overall. There was no very little question, very little wiggle room, and also very obvious if you were doing your job or not. Mm -hmm. It just got real simple in terms of, of that. Structure is a good thing always a good thing and when you have somebody um you know i would say you're both rather particular about different things but particular for sure um and in very logical and smart ways these are my bosses i'm talking about so. <laughs> <laughs> um, um it makes it easy though because i i've you know been around you guys long enough now for three years that i understand like the vision of what you want from the smallest things to the biggest things so like we were saying earlier i know what the end result's supposed to be for whatever task or process it is and i can do it my way as long as it gets the result right and it's not you know throwing people outside for some reason like that's that's all that matters um and I think that, you know, you guys also do really well with treating us like adults and like, hey, look, this is what we expect. So do it. <laughs> um, and we just do, uh, you know, for me, the, the transition at that time, I wasn't coaching nearly as much as I am now. Um, but it, which actually probably is better. Most of our coaches are much more part-time than I am. Um, and so it just really solidifies everything they're responsible, responsible for and what's expected of them all the time. Yeah. I think like the way that I've always tried to view it is like, I've, I've worked other jobs. I've been massively micromanaged mm -hmm. and like, no, I hate that shit. Yeah. So I long ago told myself, like if I was ever in a position, I'm not going to micromanage people. Yeah. But at the same time, you have to have things in place that right. people do. So, and I don't think anybody out there is like, I want to be a micromanager. <laughs> oh, um, I'm sure I there are. I think it just happens <laughs> that way. But the way that I've always tried to personally look at it is, you know, art, art versus science. Coaching is the art aspect mm -hmm. of it. And like that, I try to leave completely alone. Like yeah. I like every coach to be able to communicate in the way that they communicate, mm -hmm. coach in the style that they coach, have their own personalities. Yep. Obviously, we're all united by, you know, technique and similar points that we're trying to yeah. coach, um, but all in the same way. And like, 
you know, some people are better at walkthroughs than others. Some people mm-hmm. like their strength is not that like mm-hmm. they stumble over words that I don't care. It's yeah. like they then get in a point with one-on-one and they're killing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's like the art aspect that I personally, like, I don't like messing with, yeah. but it's the, then there's the science aspect of like all the stuff like with, um, you know, all the responsibilities such as like entering stuff into spreadsheets, you know, taking pictures of people in the club, like the very precise step one, step two, step three. Yeah. So I like to try to provide that very clear and concise mm-hmm. so that people don't have to worry about the importance of the coaching. Right. Um, and I think everybody has to find their own like fine line with it. And like, I don't think the way that I do things is perfect by any, any means. Um, but that I think is the main takeaway for people going through that transition is find areas that you need to be, you know, quote tougher on and find areas where you let professionals do their job Yep, mm-hmm. and keep the uh, channels of communication for your employees open enough where, you know, if, if for instance, one of those science processes, you find a better way to do it as a coach where you don't feel like an ass for coming to you and be like, Hey, yeah. I actually think it would be easier on everyone if we did this. And, you know, you're also very transparent in when something changes or if you realize you weren't right or whatever. And you'll be like, okay, guys, I know I said this, but actually let's do this. Like being able to set those things up, but also being not, you know, rigid in stone about Mm -hmm. things and open to making it better or easier or faster or whatever it could be for the science part of things. Yeah. Yeah. And that's huge. I I think we've gotten so many good ideas from coaches Mm -hmm. um, because that door is open. You know, we ask for feedback. We try and get people to, to want to make the gym better. And I think, you know, a big part is, I think you were mentioning a little bit about it, but let those coaches do what they do best. Mm -hmm. You know, don't give them so many different, tasks to do and all this different stuff that they have to handle like their coaches let them be on the floor and do what they do best Um, and everything else around that has a nice concise simple way of doing it so that it's that they're not dealing with that yeah it's kind of like every um both gyms kind of have their own vibe but it's both locations i mean but it's really the coaches that have their own vibe and bring it to the class and it's like that might change with a different coach coaching the block but the gym vibe is the same always even though a person's energy on the art side of things might be a little bit different like I coach very differently from say Matt does Mm -hmm. but the overall feeling is still P360 all the time no matter what yeah that's a good point I you know you mentioned earlier um about you know that level of approachability and Mm -hmm. making suggestions and that's something that as like you know myself as one of the owners like I I try very hard to be better at, especially mm-hmm. like as each year goes goes on and you get more and more comfortable in the role that you're in, um, is that approachability is like, that's, I've never been like the most approachable person. Um, even though like I, I, I genuinely love to get ideas. Right. It's just mm-hmm. the, you know, it's my it's personality. Yeah, it's <laughs> my personality and my stupid face. <laughs> but it's something that's it really, it really important is like as soon as you create that, energy where people can't make suggestions then it's a bad environment to be in and like I've created that at times when you know we were going through that transition and very stressful and like we were wanting to do things like complete certain way and something you evolve and get better at as a person and also a manager Um, but that's it's just such an important aspect of it because I I agree like and I I don't think people need you know if you're a a gym owner listening to this I, I don't think people need 
to come to you with absolutely every no. bit of feeling or minutia. But if it's a real something that can really is, a, is an improvement that somebody is serious and excited about, like you absolutely need to be listening to that. And yeah. what's kind of cool, honestly, in head coach position is if you have a coach that does for some reason have lots of little ideas about all the minutia, they're going to come to me first and I can go, no, go away. <laughs> or yes, take that to Dave. That sounds mm -hmm. like a great idea. You know, like that's not something we're going to worry about. Or actually I like where your head's at. Let's go further with this. And that again, alleviates you guys from dealing with all the tiny little things and, um, yeah, being and able it, to focus on big you know, picture. If, if something comes up to me now, I'd say probably 90% of the time I do it. Um, like I remember, you know, you did the, I just rewrote the entire phase one thing and you coached it and you're like, it's too long. I'm like, okay, like <laughs> this is gone. This is gone. Yeah. What should I take out? Yeah. Push-ups. Okay. Gone. Yeah. It's just like, if you create an environment where you like try to filter like the quality stuff, mm -hmm. then you just make the change. <laughs> and even if you are somebody who as a business owner, maybe has that stupid face of unapproachability or whatever it is. If you're genuine with your employees about like, no, how can I help you? Then that's not going to matter. They'll, they'll do what, what is right. It'll either make them, in my opinion, sometimes it does make me actually go, is my idea any good? You know what I mean? Or it, it just kind of, it creates that like, be, be clear about what your ideas are, or what you might think you can make better. And also like you, you're genuine when you say, how can I help you? Or, what do you guys think that whether your face looks like you're approachable or not, we know you are, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like that where as long as you've built the, the foundation, it's, it's not going to matter in the end. Um, if you have the right relationship with the people below you and above you. Who knew we'd be talking about your face so much during this episode? <laughs> My face is gorgeous. <laughs> started with the coach's pictures. You know, <laughs> stupid face. Um, you know, so for you, Dave, what was the, the hardest part about transitioning from in the gym every day to being your role now of just focusing on the business the majority of the time? Um, probably, I don't want to say trust because like I trust every person that works here. Yeah. More trust in that, like, it kind of goes back to what I said at the beginning of the episode. When you're the one run, when you're the one running the business, every single step is done the way that you want to do it because you're doing it. So you get programmed to just expect that. Yeah. Oh. So when you're not doing it, then maybe somebody does something that's just slightly different than the way you do it, like being okay with that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. First, it gave me panic attacks. <laughs> but now I don't care. Like you learn what's important. You learn what's not. And I also think there are times that somebody else might do certain things better or have yes. better ideas than you. So, um, you know, to always want to have like that direct control that's like exactly this you might be limiting yourself to what can come out of it yeah um so I, I i agree that's like the hardest part is just giving that stuff up that you're so used to doing because you know it's going to be done well um, but i think that you find that people that take that stuff over can do an excellent job with it yeah and maybe even make it better so i mean what about for you like you used to be obviously at the front desk a lot more. Now that's work that you have to do from home. So like what, what, how, how was that transition for you? Uh, for me, it was a lot of just like kind of what we talked about, like this gym, when we started, it was me and you, you know, half the people were there for performance 360, half the people there were for me and you probably. So, um, as you start to like go away behind the scenes a little bit more, 
you don't feel like it's it's as much like yours in a sense like even though it obviously is and maybe more so um it's just you're removed and so like you don't have that same uh you're not you're not like the face of it anymore which is like now i'm like so happy that i'm not because that comes with a lot of frustrating conversations and tasks that you have to do so um, it's nice to now be on the other side of it, but that transition going through um, was pretty hard. I yeah, thought. I mean, that, that's a good point. Um, I think it all just, you know, like we've said, it all goes back to, to people that you have mm -hmm. that are, you know, on your team. Um, if you don't have, if you don't have the right people or you don't have people that you're confident in, you're never going to be putting out the energy that people need you to put out in order to be successful. If you're constantly in a position where like you, you feel like you're going to second guess people or you feel like you're not going to trust the work they're going to do, I believe they're absolutely going to feel that. And then mm -hmm. it's going to create just an entirely negative impact on the culture. And that's how years of hard work get unwound. Right. Mm -hmm. So you just like, you have to have the right people. Like I will, that, that is the number one most important suggestion that I have personally for people is like get the people that you believe in on your team and everything will be so much better because they're going to do a great job. There's going to be some things you have to dumb shit. You have to get on people, right. but whatever. Um, it just, it, it all depends on the people that you have. And we're extremely lucky at our gym that we have amazing people. And I don't think that's any accident why our culture has never missed a beat. Right. I think that's due to personality over qualifications. Mm-hmm as they come in yeah you know we, we've talked about that a lot and because it is like you said probably the most important thing is to have the correct people and that's based on personality and not you know whatever their certifications or their you know physical qualifications are yeah, yeah. so yeah. um and i think definitely w as far as managing people like that that's just a that's such a learning process um it's such a learning process that you know, everybody handles differently and people go through different, um, you know, growing pains and different learning curves on how to do things and, and, and conversations and whatnot. Um, I think, you know, the most important aspect of that as you're transitioning from, you know, being somebody that is more of a peer to now more of a managerial role, which nobody likes going into, right. is just knowing, knowing like what is it, what, what is important and what is not. Mm -hmm. um, it's like, you know, a, a good example of that is we like a clean gym here. Um, <laughs> and I hate coming in and like seeing cups and stuff right. everywhere. And every now and then I'll have to say something about it. But like nine times out of 10, I probably don't. I just take it, throw it in the trash. Right. And it's like also understanding that like you're going to fuck shit up too. Like right. when you're coaching, like I left the sign, sign out last outside. night. <laughs> um, so it's stuff like that, like sending reminders so people are paying attention, but not like, what is this cup doing here? <laughs> when it's like a single cup, you know what I mean? So it's just finding the right balance between like making people aware versus not being a pain I'm in the ass I'm waiting for the it. day I come in and there's a bunch of plastic cups out with like my name written on all of them. Like you're trying to send me a message. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Yeah. No, I mean, I just like, everybody's going to do it differently, but I know it's a very big challenge for everybody is to make that transition to where like, I can't step away from the day to day and not to beat a dead horse, but like, I believe it's just, it's all people. So yep. you, you have to get, you have to get those right people in place.
Yeah, absolutely. So what point did you realize that I was the right person? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, like that's like right away. That's yeah. why like we approached yeah. you about coaching and, um, you know, everybody, when somebody starts as a coach, they're not going to be amazing mm -hmm. right when they start out. Like you've refined your mm -hmm. style over the years. And like, that's actually a great example on like the approachability thing is yeah. like, that's something oh. that like you've drastically improved upon yeah. too. And it's like, you've always, you know, you've always had a coach's personality. Mm -hmm. You're a natural coach, and natural teacher. And I think most people that you hire are probably going to possess at least some of that. Yeah. Um, so it's just a matter of like, of being patient with mm -hmm. people and, and letting them work yeah, out the kinks totally. and letting them work out, um, the nervousness and things they maybe don't do so well. Um, it's, you know, my whole style with that has changed drastically. Yeah. Like I, I, I step so far away from that now. Yeah. Like my opinion on it is if you're good enough to be hired as a coach here, then like, I'm going to let that happen. Yeah. And now you're in a role where like you're in position to be able to be very hands-on with everybody and do a great job with that. But I just like for somebody that's transitioning into that role, don't, don't ride the shit out of people and they like get on them for the smallest things right. because they're not doing things the way that you would do. Um, it, it's hard, it's challenging, but you, you just have to do that. Otherwise you're going to, you're going to push people away. Yeah. And as you go through that transition, like things aren't going to go perfectly smooth. You know, you're going to have your hiccups, you're going to have your people that need to work on certain things. And I think it's important that, like you said, you don't, kind of freak out and over manage them and get on them for every little thing and um, you know allow them to have some some small mess ups and learn from them and ultimately I've talked about this before like vulnerability um, is a huge thing and people always try and be so perfect and like every little thing has to be just a hundred percent perfect and people don't um, people don't kind of get along or associate themselves yeah. with that type of person that they don't all. that's what it is they yeah. don't relate to that um everybody is not perfect and right. so you relate to something that's not perfect mm -hmm. um and if you're okay with showing that stuff and letting people go through those spills and stuff like that you'll en end up having a deeper connection with your members with your coaches all that stuff yeah so that when you when you do step back from being in there all the time they're totally okay with it yeah <laughs> <laughs> like like really okay with it which is very incredible because if you also have built the kind of culture um you know where people are talking all the time to each other outside the gym inside the gym you you know you you want them to be okay with it uh because they're they're going to talk about it if they're not yeah. <laughs> um and i think personally from my point of view as a member and as a coach um, I think you guys have done that very well. Um, you know, some people feel, feel it more than others, people that are more connected to you, obviously, um, but had built such a great team kind of in the process of all of that, that it's, it's been relatively seamless from, from this end of things for the most part. And, and so. I think relatively is the key word. Yeah. Like it's never going right. to be seamless and, and that's okay. Yeah. Uh, there's millions, not millions. There's a lot of things <laughs> that like, you know, maybe aren't going to be seamless, mm -hmm. but that's okay. Yeah. Like as long as they're not major right. issues, like it, it's okay if yeah. it's not completely perfect. And I think like you said, you know, you know, you're more tied in with certain people. Um, understanding member expectation, I think is a big one. Um, when we first were stepping away, like I have just had so much anxiety over the perception of that. And, you know, 
I was worried about what every single person thought of not coaching all the time or mm -hmm. now we're not on the schedule. Like I was consumed by like every single person, like what they would think of it. And you have to just understand that of the population at your gym, most people are going to get it. Some people are going to get it more than others and some people aren't at all and yeah. they're going to resent it. And that's okay. Yeah. Like you're not going to be able to please everybody. So when you step away and as you're transitioning from being there all the time, make sure that you have that expectation on like focus on the things that you can control, focus on the important stuff, focus on your staff and you know, don't get so caught up in pleasing every single person with what your role mm -hmm. is or isn't at the right. gym. Yeah. Totally. When you try and do that, that's just when shit goes crazy. Like when you try and be perfect for every yeah. single person and explain everything to every single person, that's when you just, everything kind of falls apart. Totally. Yeah. And the, the balance of presence is obviously big too. Like you, you want to be present. You, you can't, you know, it's just, it's a fine line to where like you, you come in too often, I think, and maybe like you're an overbearing presence versus like, I like to give coaches a lot of space. Right. Um, but you also have to be present and you can't just Disappear. all of a sudden be MIA from right. the gym. Um, I know that happens sometimes like we're, we doing work from home. I'm like, shit, I gotta go into the gym. Yeah. <laughs> you just go and days. hang out. Yeah. yeah. You just go and hang out and just and realize there's nothing for me to do here. I know. Like, yeah. All right, I'm just standing here. <laughs> cool, I did this right. Yeah. All right. It's actually funny. I did that earlier today. I was over at PB, and I was standing there literally doing absolutely nothing. nothing. So yeah. I started looking around the room and pretending like I was, like, calculating stuff. And I had three people come up to me and be like, oh, yeah, what are you, what are you, what are you doing? You um, doing yeah. some important uh, <laughs> measurements. And, like, Leo you know, was, like, thinking about anything. Pinterest projects. I was like, yep, yes, I am. <laughs> That's funny. But it's just Highly like, accurate. yeah, like I just, you know, I hadn't been there in a while because I was out of town and, you know, you just want to have your presence there and just see what's going on, see what that vibe's like. Out of town with all that free time because you're not coaching. I know, I do nothing. <laughs> like, just sailing on a yacht yeah. around the world with no, no responsibilities. Yeah. <laughs> I think that would actually drive me crazy. It's probably what some people think, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. It's okay. I know you guys are here all the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, is there anything else on it? Mm. No. Anything else we need to recap? I don't know. People, guys, get the right people on board. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's the single biggest, single biggest thing, and then uh, let those people kind of do their thing. So. Yeah. Cool. Um, all right, guys. Thanks very much for listening. Anybody got anything to add? Thanks for having me. Know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye.